It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, we have part one of our draft expert chat with Richard Stamen. We're talking all about the NBA draft. Our final chat with Richard before the NBA lottery, getting into the top prospects, how the Thunder's draft changes with the 16th overall pick and what that can be used for in this upcoming draft, and so much more on today's show brought to you by Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Go download the Spotify Green Room app. I'll be on there live every week for Locked On Thunder. Check it out, download it, and join me over there at Ryland underscore Styles. The draft lottery is a day away. I cannot wait. Enjoy our chat with Richard Stamen. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles, at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to chat with our NBA draft expert, the honorary Thunder fan, host of Lockdown NBA Draft, and the great follow on Twitter at Mavsdraft, Richard Stamen. Richard, have you caught your breath yet from this NBA week? Man, it is, uh, I still don't even know where to begin. If someone had just like woken up from a two-week hibernation, I wouldn't even know where, what to start with. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the biggest lead story would be to tell someone who just got back from a vacation or something of what all has happened. For full transparency, because at this point, who knows what happens from now on? And this podcast <laughs> will come out on Monday. This is being recorded at 2 o'clock on Friday. So if Sam Preston made another trade or did something else out of the ordinary, we're not going to talk about it in this show. We'll have an emergency <laughs> podcast for that. But what we do know right now is that things are on fire in Dallas. And also Oklahoma City has jumped into the chaos. But let's start with Dallas. Dallas has had just massive turnover, right? Diane Nelson's gone. Rick Carlisle's gone. With all of that's happening in Dallas right now, and of course the – the Bob stuff. Has your opinion changed at all about if KP will be in Dallas to start next season? And like with that, with all, all the uncertainty around uh, the the GM and who's going to run this team, has anything changed about your feelings on KP? I think actually kind of, yes. I really thought the Mavs would move on from him before anyone else that has already left. Like I thought Carlisle would be the last to go. Donnie Nelson would be second. Uh, and Porzingis would be first. Like I, I, I guess the kind of, now that I say that doesn't make sense because how are you going to fire your GM after trading your second best player? So I don't know. That's uh, that's something where I'm starting to think maybe he stays in every day that there's not a, you know, that the Mavs don't have a GM. I think it's more likely that Porzingis stays. So the Thunder have now traded away Al Horford. And that was the big talking point about the KP thing, because whenever uh, the disgruntlement or whatever you want to call it came out about KP, 
uh, the immediate reaction was Al Horford because his contract size matches. It's an easy trade to make contract-wise. And Al Horford would help, the, would help the Mavericks a whole lot. Now, the Mavericks do need a secondary creator to help Luka out even more, but the Thunder now only have Kimba Walker for the Mavericks staff for that secondary creator. Does Kimba Walker do anything for you in a possible KP swap? And who would have to give up the sweetener or lose value in a KP for, for Kimba Walker trade? Does that even make any sense for really uh, the, the Mavericks? Yeah, I think both say no. I think the best thing I heard about all of it is, I mean, just stepping away from the Mavs side of this is Oklahoma City can only gain from this. Think about if they get him healthy, they can take as long as they want to get Kemba Walker, you know, healthy and back to form. And then all he has to do is play 20 games back to form and he's fine. I mean, look, they literally just did that with Horford 28 games and got enough for him. If they let him get healthy, I think that's their better move. Because to answer the question you asked, I think the, the Thunder would still have to give up the Swedener in that case. Like, I think what's really forgotten is that Porzingis' defense completely dropped off, yes. But one, I think that was a motivation issue more than other things. Yes, there was some athleticism that looked like it was lost from the knee injury, but his, he just had his best offensive year of his career. Like, it really isn't even that close either. So I, I don't think he's a negative asset at all, whereas I see Kemba currently as a negative asset. Yeah, whenever I got asked this immediately after the trade happened, I just said it feels like at that point you'd be making a trade to make a trade. Like you, you would just at that point want change and not necessarily to get better because I don't think that Kimba Walker makes the Mavericks better. And you mentioned that Kimba Walker in, in Oklahoma City, if anyone's going to turn his career back around and, and get value for him, it's going to be the Thunder because they have the history of doing so. And also with the Thunder, they have the luxury of if it doesn't work out, it's not a disaster. If you have to sit on Kimball Walker's contract the next two years and not do anything with it, it doesn't matter whatsoever because you're not even at the salary cap floor. Like you're going to have to, at some point, utilize that cap space in some way. And so why not take the shot on Kimball Walker? Because even if he does not play great this year and it's not like just look appreciably better, what will happen though is that this offseason he becomes an expiring contract and expiring contracts inherently just have value in the NBA. So it, it makes no sense uh, to give up and just say it's a terrible thing that the, that the Thunder have Kimball Walker. KP's contract's a bit longer. And I, I, again, the Mavericks would lose so much value and they would take a huge step backwards, especially if Kimba gets hurt, that it just doesn't make sense for anyone involved. Uh, but that is, of course, the, the big contract now left in Oklahoma City that could make that trade happen. So, of course, that's the big talking point. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like this, it, I mean, a team like Oklahoma City that's flirting with the salary for probably this year, potentially next year and this last year. Um, I mean, I, I think it's always going to be, you know, Kemba Walker is going to be in three team trades, everything like that going forward. But the Thunder did get the 16th overall pick from Boston. Now, what do you grade that for Boston? Because giving up Kemba, the 16th pick, the best of their second round picks in 2025 between Memphis and, and Boston, giving up that first round sweetener for Moses Brown and Al Horford than the worst of the Thunder's 2023 second round pick. What, what does that value say about what the Thunder got back and what Boston gave up? And then does that 16th pick really – how do you value that as someone who's studied this draft at, at a great length and you know all the ins and outs of the prospects? Where do you value and grade out the 16th overall pick in terms of value? Yeah, so I think the clear statement with that is they want another lottery ticket at a star upside guy. Because if you look at every single mock draft right now, I mean, I'm doing one – that by the time I think this should be out by the time, like my mock draft will be out by the time this episode is out. So if it's not, it'll be out tomorrow. But there's a, like the mock draft I'm doing with, it's a 30 person mock. 
it's always every single mock draft I've seen one way or another has somebody falling outside of the lottery that has no business doing it, which is 100 percent going to happen. There's someone every year on my board who is not in my top 30 that goes top 30 and it always bumps someone back. And I think at 16, you're really setting yourself up to get any of those high upside guys that most other years would probably be a lottery pick. So you get a free lottery pick and I fully expect them to take a swing for the fences. I don't expect them to go with someone very safe. Like if Franz Wagner, I, I doubt would be the pick just because I, I feel like at 16, if you just got a free, I mean, all things considered, Horford was really not part of the team. You got a free, t- you got an entirely free pick. Why would you not swing for the fences? And that's exactly what the Thunder are going to do. Whenever you're creating mock drafts and big boards and stuff and evaluating the Thunder, they're going to take the guy with the highest ceiling, no matter what his floor is going to be. Uh, they're not going to take a guy like Corey Kispert. They're not going to take a guy like Wagner. They're going to take a guy that that can change the franchise and also could bust out of the league in a couple of years. You just don't know. But the, but the upside is what they're going to value more than anything else, especially in that range of 16. And now we're going to get back to the lottery really soon. It's that lottery date's coming up tomorrow as you're listening to this podcast right now. And I'm already nervous about that. I'm sweating bullets thinking about that lottery. We'll have our lottery live show on Lockdown NBA on YouTube. Now, realistically, the combine starts today and it starts throughout this week. What matters at the combine? How do you pay attention to the combine and, and what should you take away from the combine? Because I know ESPN will show the five on five portions. They might show a few drills on NBA TV, but, but what are the key takeaways that, that you should look for and hunt down to really evaluate how a guy's doing at the combine? Yeah. So it first starts with the measurements. Um, people, some people say, Oh, it doesn't matter, but it really does. If it didn't, Desmond Bain would not have gone 30th last year. So I think first and foremost, you look at the measurements, the wingspans, the hand size is a really important thing in the NBA that teams look at. Um, And then I also think just height, weight, standing reach, every single measurable is going to be important. Some of the drills are important, but for the most part, a lot of those can be pretty inaccurate. Uh, I think Pat Connaughton registered like a 45 inch vertical. And while he is athletic, like it's been pretty rumored that that was a very inaccurate measurement. So sometimes the drills, I don't really read into them. The five on five is pretty good just because you're seeing these guys go against their level of talent. The entire team is their level level of talent for the most part. And most of the top guys don't participate. So you can exclude the Jalen Greens, the, you know, like Moses Moody probably won't play. Scotty Barnes probably won't play in it. But it's for the guys who are like trying to bump their name up from like either late first to mid first or second round to first round. Those are the guys to watch. But most importantly, it's actually the stuff we're not going to see and because the NBA combine is where almost all the Intel gets passed around and that's where narratives start forming within the league and, you know, they're interviewing guys, things like that. So when you start to see, Hey, this guy's on the rise from halfway, like I think even more just like slightly above halfway reputable people, that's when you should start noticing like, Hey, something happened at the combine that was positive. You are the hiring expert for your company. And what you really need is help making your short list of qualified candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your qualified short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster and only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews on your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy So with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving your qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed 
fit your job description immediately and indeed skill test that on average reduce hiring times by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests and then add your must have requirements so that only applicants that meet them will be the ones that you pay for. According to Talentist, Indeed delivers four times more hires than any other job site combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Get a free $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let's see right now, but our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and even the occasional limited time only flavors. There's something for everyone. If you're not sure what your favorite flavor is, well, mine is peanut butter brownie. So take that for what it's worth. I love the combination of peanut butter and chocolate on the peanut butter brownie bar. But if you're still unsure, go ahead and order a mixed box. The mixed box will give you two of every flavor and you can try them all out and then reorder the ones you love the most with our code LOCKED15. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams sugar, and only four grams net carbs. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order at LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your next order. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. You mentioned the, the, the conversation that you're going to have behind the scenes as well as them talking to the media this week. It'll be interesting to see how that all pans out and what, what prospects can help themselves. I think that Jalen uh, Johnson stands out as a guy that his draft stock to me will largely be defined by how he handles the interview process uh, in this draft because he's have so many uh, question marks off the floor. Uh, where do you view Jalen Johnson at? So I'm pretty skeptical on him. However, if he didn't leave Duke and have, I think it was three schools in three years, something like that. And, you know, all the, there's potential character concerns and motor concerns for him, which I'm not sure I buy into entirely. That seems like a narrative more than actual substance. But if it is true, I have him currently at 20. Um, as a talent, he's probably top 10, but there are legitimate concerns about his game. Like he shoots on the way down, but we will know very quickly based on where ESPN, the athletic, where they start mocking Jalen Johnson, we will know how he interviewed at the combine. You can kind of read the tea leaves there a bit. You mentioned how guys can fall like Desmond Bain did last year at the combine. What is that kind of range? Like how much can you truly improve your stock? Or how much can you truly negative impact your stock? Is it like two spots? Is it 10? Is it like a whole round? Like how, what is the ceiling of, okay, if you do the best thing possible at the combine, you can move up how much or, or lose how much ground? Yeah, I think the best case is going from fringe first round to fringe lottery. I think the prime example of that was Donovan Mitchell in 2017, measured out with a 6'10 wingspan, really surprised people. They knew he had long arms, but they didn't expect it to be that long. Had a crazy vertical. I think he had over 40 inches. It makes sense. He's been in the dunk contest. And he played really well in the scrimmages. He checked every single box that you possibly could. And that's a dream scenario. He moved from a guy people kind of thought about as like, hey, I'd take him in the 20s to being like, hey, don't let this guy slip to 20 because someone's getting a seal. So I think that's the most likely thing. You don't really, I don't think it, like it's harder to jump at the top. It's harder to jump almost from eight to five than it is from like 30 to 15. So you do a great job at Lockton NBA draft. And 
you are somebody who's truly in this draft sphere, right? You do this year round. You, you, you look at guys who have probably no chance of being drafted, but you still evaluate them and do your best to, to kind of know about them in case they do get drafted. So I don't want to put a cap on this, but just rattle off a few names that you think at the combine have the best possible chance of rising and even falling. Like who, who are the names that we're going to be seeing uh, have the most either positive or, positive or negative happen for them at the combine? Yeah, so I think there's some that have a chance to really just go from unknown to actually making a name for themselves. Kessler Edwards is someone who has been one of the most popular players on draft Twitter. Really good defender, pretty good scorer as well, and uh, and I think he can shoot. However, you know, he played at Pepperdine. Kind of hard to judge competition when you play in West Coast Conference and you get really two games a year where you're playing against NBA Town and St. Mary's, or excuse me, BYU and Gonzaga. So he's someone who could really take that jump. I actually think someone like Scotty Lewis has a really good chance if he's improved his jump shot because he's probably a top three defender in the class on his own. Crazy athletic, really long arms, just loves making the big play on defense and doesn't go out of his way to do it. It just comes naturally to him. So he doesn't you know, have to swing for the fences and gamble. Someone like him could really do a lot. And then I think someone who is really going to show out I'd say Sandro Mamu Kelashvili. Uh, it's a mouthful of a name, so uh, don't say it five times fast. But he's a point forward, point center from Seton Hall. And I think he's going to really explode in the scrimmages being a shot creator at 6'11 that can run pick and roll. So let, let's stay on that for, for a little bit. Now, I'm not going to say his name as greatly as you did, but he has worked out for the Thunder already. And so you can presume that the Thunder have interest in him, especially as the Thunder uh, control three second round picks, which is going to be about, I assume, the range that he'll go. They, they control the 35th, 36th, and 55th second round pick. They can consolidate those and move up in the second round. Or I think that he can kind of be there at 35 or 36. What is his game? Kind of what is what is just the overview uh, of, of Sandro and, and you know, kind of what can he be in the NBA? Yeah, so he's not a great finisher or a rim protector. So it's kind of weird. He plays – he's a point guard in the center's body is how I would describe him. Like, he has legitimate handles. He can size guys up. It's really weird. You don't see 6'11 guys doing that. And he can shoot pretty far. He can, he can finish right-handed when he – or drive right-handed. Again, the finishing, I don't know. It's tough to say because the percentages are bad. But there are times where he blows by guys. Uh, and I say that relative. It's bigs. Other bigs he blows by, not, not guards. Um, but he can drive with his right hand. And I think in the NBA spacing, it might actually help his finishing. And if his finishing improves, he's going to take off and be an absolute steal. His defense, don't really bank on it. You know, it's kind of weird to say a center with no defense at the rim, um, honestly, all around, will be, you know, a great player in the NBA in this age, but he defies that norm. He's one of those guys where it's an exception to the rule. If you put him next to a true center that can actually make up for his defensive weaknesses, you see a great improvement, I think, just all around for him. And so the Thunder have worked out, as far as we know, uh, Jordan Hall, the man you just mentioned, who, again, I, I, I'm not going to try to say his name. But you can, you can call and... him Mamu. Mamu is what people call him. Mamu, okay. I, I like that. I like that, Mamu. And, as well as Amir Sims. And now, does anything from that list stand out to you? To me, I only have two of those guys as possible draft picks. I think that there's a chance Jordan Hall can get drafted, and there's a chance that Mamu can get, get drafted. I don't really see it with Amir Sims. What do you take from that workout list? Yeah, some people say Amir Sims has the potential, but he's a 6'8", Al Jefferson, pretty much. Um, like a really good passer, too, but I just I don't really know if I buy him all the way. I'm not sure I buy his defense. Jump shot will probably be there, considering the numbers back it up pretty well, but – 
Mamu is a hundred percent a lock to be drafted. Jordan Hall is probably one of the more interesting players in this draft. He's a he's pretty much a big point guard. He's six eight, six seven, somewhere around there. Two ten can handle the ball. Really great vision and outstanding at finding cutters. So all three are possible. It wouldn't shock me if Amir Sims actually does get drafted, just because he's a post minded forward who shot sixty eight percent, or I'm sorry, eighty two percent from uh, from free throw. I think that's someone he might get a look in the 50s. So all three are actually very possible to get drafted. I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball's in full swing right now. So track all that action at betonline.ag. Get the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device to get all the sporting news, contest information, and sign-up bonuses. So do not sell on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action by going to their website or on your mobile device and signing up today at BetOnline.ag. When you sign up today at BetOnline.ag and you use our code Locked On, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's code Locked On at BetOnline.ag for a 50%. Welcome bonus on your first deposit, but online, you're online sportbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It'll be interesting too to see what what uh, the decisions made there in the draft. There are some interesting names there for the workouts, and we'll see more of the Thunder workouts, of course, coming up. Uh, but was anything standing out to you about non-participants? Because oftentimes, you know, you, you might get that surprise guy that pulls out of the lot, uh, pulls out of the combine, and, and people assume, okay, well, he he knows that a team's going to pick him at a certain slot here or there. Were there any uh, you know players that pulled out of the combine uh, that you think is a a sign for what's going to happen on draft night? Yeah, so Chris Duarte was the big name. He probably got a first-round promise. It happens every year. I know in 2018, Chandler Hutchinson had it. I can't remember who it was in 2019. Last year really doesn't count because nobody really declined it. Um, so there wasn't much to gain from that that much. But every year, there's a mid, mid to late first-round pick who gets the promise. Usually, it's around the 18th pick, give or take, I'd say, two, two to five spots. Uh, and usually, if it's closer to that five, it's back in the 20s. So there – He's probably the biggest name. There are some names where I was a little bit surprised to see them not in the actual combine um, or really like, and just for, you know, clarification, like in the G league elite camp, they do pretty much. It's the next in line for the combine and they have 40 players. So it fills out that I think it's like a hundred something players get invited uh, to both of those. And there are some names missing from there that are in my top 60. So there's some names that I wish were getting a little bit more publicity in that combine, but for the most part, in the other direction, Duarte is the big name. And so what do you view his game as? Because I, I haven't not done his uh, NBA draft profile yet on the, on the podcast. So he's still kind of out there in terms of an unknown, really, for a lot of the listeners here. What is his floor and ceiling at the NBA level? I think he's very interesting as a prospect. I just wonder if his age might be a, a deterring factor 
for Sam Preston, this Thunder organization, but kind of where are you at with him and his age and, and what he does on the floor? Yeah, so he just turned 24. I think he's a few months old, uh, excuse me, younger than Devin Booker for reference. So kind of weird on that, but at the same time, his mold and just the way he played in college doesn't really have a failing, failing spot in the league. He could probably play 10 plus years into his 30s and be completely serviceable that whole 10 years. Like he's a defensive playmaker. He loves forcing turnovers. He can guard guys one-on-one and he's a really good shooter. And he's a combo guard can kind of run the, can run the offense, but also perfect at playing off ball. So that kind of player, they just don't fail. The ceiling is incredibly limited for him. It's just going to be getting even better at what he's already good at. There's not like a jump in another area that you're really going to see, but he's also not going to fail. So if you're looking for that high floor guy, that's the guy to go for. And to put into context how silly this Thunder roster is, he would be the third oldest player on this roster. I mean, of course, behind Kemba and then Kenny Hustle is 25. But other than that, your next oldest player is Sumikai Luke at 23. SGA is 22. Uh, Ty Drum's also 23. But of course, you have Maldon Poku at 19. Baisley's 20. Roby's 22. Like all of these players, even Tony Bradley's 22. Of course, if they bring back Muscala, Muscala would change that as well. But he's a free agent right now. So is Tony Bradley. So this Thunder roster is really young, and he would instantly come in as a rookie and be a veteran in terms of the age uh, that he is. Interesting name. The Thunder are known for handing out draft promises. They handed one out to Matisse Thibel, it was rumored. Rumor that they handed one out to KP in 2014 before he put his name out. They're, they're really rumored to hand out promises. I just don't think that Chris is the guy that they gave one to, and I think that's another team that might have given him that promise. Yeah, it. I would be rather surprised if Duarte got one from Oklahoma City, especially even before they got the pick, which that would have been – if he was promised a first-round pick when Oklahoma City was rumored to have, like, what, the fifth pick, that, that would have been wildly um, – just misconstrued, you know, <laughs> completely out of context. I think that promise would have been. <laughs> so let's get into the lottery because it, it, it's so interesting, right? Because we have you on every week. We're talking about the draft uh, and we still uh, about a month away from the draft. Don't know anything about the Thunder draft because so much can change in a couple of days. We're going through the NBA draft profile and, and you're having to do just a wide range of players from anywhere from Cade Cunningham all the way down to the very bottom because you just don't know where the Thunder are going to land at. We kind of have an idea of the range, but an idea is not exact, you know, and it's not, it's not the outcomes that you could have. So the most likely scenario on Tuesday, there's an 18% chance, which is the most likely, that Oklahoma City gets six and 18, as well as, of course, having picked 16. We're not counting pick 16 because we kind of know that for sure they're going to have 16. So the most likely scenario is, is six and 18. The most unlikely scenario with 2.4, percent chance would be Houston at five given to the Thunder and the Thunder pick at eight. Now the dream scenario has a 6.4 chance and that's one in five. The Thunder's pick goes all the way up to one. Houston's falls all the way to five. The worst case scenario is pick seven and 18 because they could fall to pick eight, but if they do fall to pick eight, Houston has to fall to pick number five. Let's say the worst case scenario plans out, right? And it plays out and you get pick seven and 18. How much of a disaster is that to not get a top five pick? Like, it, like after evaluating all these guys and kind of putting grades on them and their ceilings, how bad is that to get seven and 18? Yeah. So, I mean, it starts with the fact that you lose the, the best chance at hitting on the best player. 
in the draft. That does hurt. However, I think this is going to be one of those classes where as much as I do love Cade Cunningham, it's just the way history ends up writing itself, that the best player probably won't go in the top five. There's a very good chance of that. It's happened. It's actually not even an uncommon um, sequence or a series of things to happen, I guess. If you look at since 2010, the best player of the draft has actually been like the seventh or later pick. So it's not all doom and gloom, but in the moment it is pretty painful when you lose the, ch- the best chance to hit on the best player. So if you get seven, 16, and it was 18 was the other right. Yeah, seven, they would, at that point in the disaster case scenario, you'd have seven, 16, and 18. Yeah, I mean, I would take three lottery tickets, swing for the highest upside every single time. And you'd also have three second round picks, which I think could be valuable in terms of if you want to trade up. That wraps up part one with Richard Stamen. We're going to have part two tomorrow. We're going to run through a lot of lottery simulations, talk about how the Thunder can trade up and use the newly acquired 16th overall pick as well with whatever combination they get. The lottery is right around the corner. Make sure you're subscribing to the Locked On NBA YouTube page for our lottery live stream. Myself, my fellow lottery hosts, including... Locked on Rockets, Jackson Gatlin. So we've got the Thunder, got the Rockets in there. It'll be a lot of fun trolling each other in that way. We'll all be in a live show during the lottery. Pop in on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter. We'll be retweeting the links over there on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Afterwards, of course, we're going to have our podcast for Wednesday covering all the mayhem that happened on lottery night. So make sure you stay locked in to Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.